of darkness before you bring naught but ruin. Well, that got a little bit weird. Roger here from Rock and Roll for Initiative, ready to bring you yet another zany adventure, except instead of an adventure of blades, beasts, and rock and roll, this week we're talking about childhood nostalgia and the holiday season, a winning mix, I tell you. So this week, uh, it's a little bit longer than we had intended. It turns out when you put Nate and I together in a room, we never shut up. So while I was intending to uh, trim this down and make it a nice little bite-sized package, I figured why not? Let's give a little insight into a whole bunch of things, whether they ask for it or not. So it is with great pride and love for my fellow man that I proudly present to you this week's Cantrip. I'll be ready. I'll be ready tomorrow night. Hey there. <laughs> Dude, so you know what? Uh, I actually just uh, started rewatching fucking special shout out to James Rolfe and fucking Board James, dude. Oh my God. It, like, you're, you're totally right. Board James is just so good start to finish. I literally watched all of them last night. It was like three hours long, but it was worth it. Oh yeah. Dude, just so good. That was that was the peak. So good. That was I I firmly believe that was Rolf's peak. Uh everything with Bootsy. Everything those dude, last Bootsy. couple of episodes. Dude, just Tornado Rex, <laughs> the fucking the song, dude. Like Tornado Rex. <laughs> like, dude, it's so good. <laughs> when the devil calls your oh, name. name. You Oh, gosh. Well, hello there, uh, listeners coming in on the insanity here. I'm Roger, and for this week's cantrip, we have a special oh, delicious treat. Oh, hold on. It depends. He he might not make it. The rum was too strong. Oh, jeez. Well, for this week, we have a special fun little treat. I am sitting here down here in the basement, in my basement, somewhere in an undisclosed location, with my lifelong best buddy, George Georgeson himself, the one and only infallible Nat Non. Hello, Nathan. Hey. Hey there. <laughs> We're here just hanging out, bullshitting like we always tend to do and have we, we've been doing for a long freaking time. We figured, you know, now would be a great time. We just finished uh, <laughs> re-listening to uh, the end of last week's episode, episode four, Stone Crazy. And uh, we we were kind of reminiscing about uh, the whole journey, and so I, I I guess I'll clarify: we're in the basement doing this while my wife and her friends are upstairs watching Listening, some uh, Taylor Swift thing and making friendship bracelets. And, uh, and one all, the- also, I found out that they are rating their perfect Taylor Swift set list for a concert. They all are doing their own sheet of paper, and they're filling out what songs that would be their ideal Taylor Swift concert, which. That's beautiful. Yeah. That's no, like that's kudos great. to them for being that good of friends. Absolutely. That's the shit that Roger and I'll do with other dumb shit. Yeah, yeah. It, it it's pretty cool, I think, going back and hearing us, uh, especially because we've been 
we're on episode what like 13 or something now yeah for us yes something uh, in terms of what we're playing and the episodes progressively got longer in fact there there's uh, two episodes in particular that are like <laughs> three hours or something yeah. that we're gonna have to split in some sort three, of way it was like three three hours like our longest the the other one i think was like two 20-ish two and a half maybe something but. like it though though that one was uh especially unhinged in the best way but just going back and listening to these old episodes uh it, it, it's crazy because it feels so long ago now whoa, that whoa, it's like really yeah crazy. i mean we we started actually playing what last december january i think it was january yeah last january, january. started yeah and uh you know so now it's a it's approaching the holiday season here in 2023 it's so about to be a full year i know i know so it, it, it's been pretty cool to see how things have progressed during this time. It's been pretty cool going back. And I figured, Nate, we would lead off doing what you and I have done in years past, which is let's talk about video games, man. Yeah, talking about video games. Uh, you know, we, we've spent a good portion of our uh, friendship in somebody's basement talking oh, yeah. about games and bullshitting. Games. Are playing games and listening to unfitting but perfect. So long music. ago that we went through the DDR phase together. Oh, oh yes, we had we a did. mat in my living room and we went to town. I'm pretty sure we would do it. Uh, we, we would put up the the DDR mat when my parents went to sleep in my living room. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I I never understood why they didn't yell at us because like my mom would have beat the shit out of me. Well, probably not beat the shit out of me, but. She would have been pretty pissed <laughs> if we were doing that, like when everyone was asleep at our house. I think my dad was already just silently judging us enough. I don't know. I don't think your dad was a judgmental type, to be honest. I, no. I, I, I think he more or less looked at it as his two, his, his sons having, yeah, having you know, yeah. fun, having a good time because <laughs> pretty sure he thought we were gay. I mean, you know, there was that day at the theme park with the, the wax hands yeah, that fit together. And that was our fault. That was on us. Well, you know what? Before we even get to our topic, I'm going to go on a little tangent here. So uh, the story is on that when we were, uh, I don't know, 16, 17, something like that. Um, I might have been sophomore year. Sophomore year. Uh, oh, we'll been, go with 16. I might have okay. been 14, actually. This is, this is why I was always a year younger than everyone. <laughs> so in, in, in many stories like this, uh, we... We, uh, my, my parents would always take us to various uh, theme parks. There's one near us in particular that we'd go multiple times during the summer. And this summer, they decided we were going to go somewhere different to a place that uh, was infinitely less awesome. Yes. But uh, it was still a blast. It, it, was, it has a certain rustic charm. Though, yeah, you know? yeah. You know, the sort of rustic charm where you can look out over the boundary of the park and say, is that meth? And at that age, yes. you're, that, that, you don't really know how to answer that. But now it's yes. <laughs> when That, is, that was meth. <laughs> When we picked Nate up, we oh, realized God, that oh, yeah. <laughs> we realized that him and I were wearing the same exact shirt. Uh, we totally were, unplanned. Yeah, we we were both in a production of Godspell, the classic Broadway show, and uh, <laughs> we both wore the shirt for it. So we're talking a bright blue shirt with this golden Superman symbol on it, except it's the Godspell symbol. Golden red. And uh, so we're Gold wearing the blue. same shirt. So you know, right off the bat, it's like, well, this is a little weird. And then we get to the park, and over the course of the day, it, it just accelerated. There was a ride. <laughs> there was a ride that we thought was like some aerial sort of like I don't know coaster. Or- uh, no, okay. So this, I, I feel like this was also my fault too, because like <laughs> I, I thought you know this was just like a lift. It looked like a ski lift. You know, and I was like, oh, it'll just take us to the other end of the park oh, that's right. and we can hop off, that's you know, right. and then go explore that side of the park. But that's not at all what it was. <laughs> it was more or less at like a 
you basically just sat on a ski lift and run, went around in a giant oval around the park. Yeah, just you squeezed did the, real tight next to each other. <laughs> you did the whole perimeter of the park yeah. at, you know, molasses speed. Just so, slow as balls. Slow, sitting there, and, you know, we're looking down on people. Wearing the same shirts. Wearing the same clothes, and we're all nice and tight up against each other. And uh, then later in the day, they have one of those things where you can dip your hands in wax, and, you wax know, you can make, like, yeah, yeah, whatever, do yeah. little hand molds. And Nate and I had this little symbol we do where uh, one of us would put up our two middle fingers. Chick-a-pow. Yeah, chick-a-pow and chick-a-tang. <laughs> chick-a-tang dude. And then uh, one of us would give the uh, the sort of the metal horns. And if you put those two together, not really thinking, we're like, hey, why, why don't we do chick-a-pow and chick-a-tang as we called it? Let's do our two symbols. So we get our wax hand molds made together perfectly, uh, <laughs> as is the too. intention. <laughs> and, you know, I, I remember dad walking over and looking and he's like, so you made wax hands, huh? And they fit together. All right. <laughs> he just looks at your mom and he's like, oh, that's the final nail in the gay coffin. <laughs> <laughs> we, we, we should clarify. No qualms with that whatsoever. Oh, no, they would have loved us 100% regardless. Yes, uh, they, yes. They, Honestly, I, th- I, th- I feel like they might have hoped for it for a second. <laughs> <laughs> for a while. <laughs> maybe. Maybe. I, I'd like to say but, that that's my only friendship like that, but I also have that homoerotic connection with Zach. Well, you, you know? and Zach, I say, force it a lot more. Oh, than absolutely. We do. Yeah, because like, we, cause, we, like <laughs> especially now when like we go out to eat or something. Like you're you're like big big daddy with the beard, and oh, I'm just yeah. your little twink. Like I swear <laughs> to God, that's what everybody thinks, dude. Like I swear to God. Hey um, there, son. <laughs> yeah, so like you know, it is what it is. Oh, but it, like, and I and I also feel like it's just because of how like we do how much time we've spent together. It's literally like twenty one, twenty two years now, something like that, dude. It's been a while. It's yeah. crazy. Yeah, and, actually, uh, fuck. This might be a good time. I was so so fun fact. Me and Nate's friendship started uh, on the bus. Well, specifically at the bus stop when he moved to where I'm from, and uh, I ball tapped him. That was the that was a yeah. thing when we were kids. Like, and ball I didn't tapping. even know you. Like, you know, you, yeah, like we we hadn't even like spoken at this point in time, and and then I was like all like pissed off. Like, what do you do? What do you do after a ball tap? Right, this fucking hurts. And there's no like there's no recourse <laughs> if you're not expecting it. Like, even if you are expecting it, it's gonna hurt. But I feel like you can kind of power through that. You like know you're getting kicked in the balls, but like or yeah. you know tapped. Yeah. But if it just comes out of nowhere, you're just walking down the bus and like you like fuck. <laughs> like what do you do? You have no recourse. You like you know. Next thing you know, your stomach's fucking in knots. Yeah. Yep. And uh, somehow that that led to a, a lifelong best friendship. Yep. It's a, it's it's a interesting. Hey, I defended your honor when that kid threw a cupcake. <laughs> yeah. At you. Yeah. You did. Yeah. He did. Yeah. That was you know let let it never be forgotten. So now, you know, uh, 20 something years later, as uh, now that we are stable adults in our in our 30s, uh, we find ourselves sitting once again in a basement surrounded by musical instruments and uh, and, video games. and video games. Right. Crazy how things haven't changed. Yeah. Now, Nate, I know uh, what well, we both have, but I know you've been going hard into the Baldur's Gate there. So my question for you as a, a big Baldur's Gate boy is where does it currently sit amongst some of the other big RPGs? Because I, I I know we both love RPGs, yeah. and you and I have some I mean, similar loves. It's, <laughs> it's it's hard because, like, I mean, you know, back when Bioware was good, so, like, <laughs> Mass Effect and only Dragon Age Origins. Roger will fight me on this because he says that Dragon Age 2 is really good. I, I have yet Dragon to be able to sit down and actually get through that fucking game. I don't give a fuck about Hawk. Don't care about anybody else. I, like, it just sucks to me. <laughs> you know, and, and I think the, lar- the the reason that at the end of the day that I don't like it, I want tactics. Mm-hmm. And, I, and a lot of the fan base wants tactics back, but it's never going to happen. So I honestly, like, it, it's hard to say because, you know, Mass Effect, the whole trilogy, I, I have over 500 hours in just the Legendary Edition alone. That doesn't count the game's 
that right. I actually played when they came out. How right, many times I did. right. You know, so like it's in a class of its own. You know, it, like, it's just it's a reminiscent of childhood. But Baldur's Gate's better in every way. Mm. It, it may be the best RPG I have ever played. You know, I'm I'm starting to feel inclined to agree with you. Uh, so I there's mean, just just so many options, so much shit you can do, and I love the fact that it's kind of open worldish. Yeah, but it's a restrained open world. Yeah. It doesn't feel endless, and you don't feel overwhelmed. It's the perfect size, and it, I don't know. It, it's the choices that you can make, the, the different player, like characters that you can make, the builds you can make, there's just so much replay value in it. And I mean, and I already have like 300 hours into it. Um, <laughs> so I, it. I too, I too, you know, loving Mass Effect, loving all that. I'm, uh, I pretty much exclusively play games for the story. And, At this point, yeah. I mean, yeah. I, I play my multiplayer games, you know, with my buddies just to hang out, but like, I don't love them. Yeah. And I never have, and I don't think I ever really will. I, uh, well, well, you know, like, it, it's very difficult for me. Not difficult, but it's, it's rare that I go back and replay a game. It is. It is very right. rare. So the only games that I replay are either ones that I have like a childhood connection to, like uh, my, my shout out to my two favorite games, actually, Super Nintendo. We got Illusion of Gaia and Secret of Evermore. So if I replay a game, it usually means I have some sort of childhood connection to it. Yeah. Or it's, it's something that I can get like, multiple plays through and kind of feel like it, I didn't play the same thing twice. Like, like uh, Darkest Dungeon. Yes. Yeah, 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 that's right. that's one of the, the newer exceptions I've seen. Like, yes. That's the only new game I think I've ever seen you really replay. Um, Red Dead. I, I, well, I've replayed Red Dead. Yeah. But yeah. for the most part, you know, I, I have to be able to go back through and feel like I'm not playing the same game again. And I'm still through my first playthrough of Baldur's Gate. I'm, I'm 70-something hours in, which is a, a lot for me now because I don't have a lot of time to play anymore. And I'm midway through Act Two, so I guess like I don't know, maybe halfway through the game. I don't, I don't really know how long Act Three is, but seventy uh, something hours in, and I'm definitely telling myself like I I I 100% see that I'm definitely going to play this again, and that's a rare sort of thing to, for me. Yeah. Um. Absolutely. Absolutely. I yeah. mean that that that's just why I think the game is so great. All the all these big like AAA games are coming out, and they're not even fucking finished. You're getting a, a half-assed product half the time. Right. And then and then they come out and give us a fucking complete game. And it's like, holy shit, this, this is why games were good. Like, this, yeah. this brought me back to playing fucking Dragon Age. Thank right. you. Right. Thank you. I, uh, for me, a big part of why I love it is it's the first game I've played where, I, I mean, mechanics aside, I, I, it reminds me of a and d session, right? Like, yeah. there's, there's the unpredictability of it. I really like that, like, I've had a few moments where I'm like, what if I just did this and the game not only allows me to do that but like it, it gives me that same sort of sense i've felt as a dm in our past campaigns mm -hmm. when you guys do something that just totally derails everything yep, everything yeah. and i love it uh it reminds me of some of the old ultima games uh, that i used to play and the ones that dad used to play criminally uh, underrated never Mo played it but i've heard amazing things so watched so a lot important. Of reviews i basically yeah. played them <laughs> you, you've watched the spoonie saga i did so the the, the ultima games when i was a kid I, I would play them along with my dad because my dad was a huge, huge gamer. He loved RPGs and um, playing them with him. Now, granted, we're talking about a game here, games that came out in the 80s and 90s, different in terms of mechanics and what they can do. But uh, specifically, Ultima 4, I remember as a kid being amazed at like, here, here's this game where my objective isn't just, oh, I got to get stronger and I got to go fight the big bad thing and then the next big bad thing will be harder. So I got to be even more stronger. The, the, the whole game system of Ultima 4 revolved around you have to accomplish these eight objectives, all of which can be done entirely without combat. In fact, some of them, it encourages you not to fight to do things. Uh, and it, it was at the time I remember being like, wow, that's 
that's kind of amazing. And some of the cool stuff that uh, I watched my dad do when he was playing and that I would do when I would replay it blew my mind at the time. And it, it gives me gives me some of those vibes. So I, it's hitting a weird nostalgia for me, yep. even though it's very new. And I love yes. it. Well, now, a lot of love and care was put into it. And you can tell by the amount of awards that they've won. Oh, that yeah. they, they fucking succeeded. And what a great time for it to be coming out, too, just ahead of the holiday season. Because now we're, well, we're in December now. Jeez. Uh, it's, almost, it's almost time for the Yuletide festivities. No, fun fact, I've never, never had eggnog. I've never I, even had it. I do not like eggnog. I don't even I know like what it is. Alcohol, just... no alcohol. I just, I do not like it. I like, I like everything that goes into eggnog. I never want to drink it. I've never even had it. Maybe I'll try some this year. Yeah, you know what? Maybe, maybe you'll discover a new passion. Get into like, you know, some like artisanal eggnog brewing. If I, be, if I did become an alcoholic like George, like I could <laughs> specifically just like eggnog is my my drink of choice. It's my poison. Because so. I, I like honestly like that's the kind of like alcoholic I would like to meet. Yeah, yeah, just the like eggnog alcohol. Yeah, the guy that drinks eggnog. I, I feel like everyone that's always drunk, they're happy. It's like Christmas time. Maybe, I mean, yeah. Maybe he just thinks it's Christmas time all year round. He's just the jolliest man in the world. Maybe, maybe. You know? It can't can. be worse than Mad Dog Banana oh, Red. God, you saying that makes my stomach turn. Yeah, it's, right. It's so been like, like it can't be worse than Mad like, Dog. But with the holiday season round the corner, uh, it, it's fitting today. I actually just put up my Christmas lights outside. Oh, look at that! Look at that! And you know, I'm seeing some of my neighbors doing the same. And I, I love this time of year because I am just the biggest whitest christmas loving <laughs> suburbanite this side of the mississippi give 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 me the holiday specials let me break out the vinyls uh no michael buble let, you know the, the cloud oh we got we got we gotta love the frank i mean I love come me on. Some frank sinatra yeah uh, andy williams all of it i just i love this time of year i'm absolutely that person who's gonna put 24 hours of a christmas story on and just really? like leave it on in the You're background be my mom listen dude, oh, dude. i've been doing it she, for years she said it thanksgiving she's like i'm already excited to watch it and i'm like what you watch <laughs> it like every fucking year multiple times that's me how like i mean it's a classic it's it's a fucking classic but i would be okay with never seeing that movie it was again. a tradition for me even when i was a kid so like as a it's young not just kid, i mean it's it's a 24-hour marathon yeah. on christmas day like it's it's a tradition for yeah. fucking america oh, at yeah. this point when i was a young kid you know i i was one of those who Back, back when I believed in Santa Claus, I would have a hard time getting to sleep sometimes on Christmas Eve, mostly because oh, I'm so excited for the next yeah. day, right? And uh, so a lot of times my way of dealing with that was in the TV in my room, I would put it on TBS or whatever it was that uh, did the 24-hour marathon because they would start it Christmas Eve night. And I would gauge how difficult I've had, like how much time I've been trying to fall asleep by how many times I've listened to a Christmas story in the background of me attempting yeah. to oh, sleep. Oh, yeah, no, I see that. It, I, I uh, Okay, listening to it in the background is, like, cathartic. Yes. You know, like, yes. yeah, it, 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 it kind of has to be on during Christmas. Yeah. It doesn't mean I want to watch it. And it, it, I was talking to my sister about this uh, when I was visiting her, uh, what was that, last week, two weeks ago, whatever, about how that movie in particular always reminds me of, like, a Norman Rockwell painting, like, the very post-World War II, nuclear America, like, the family, the way it looks, the coziness of it, it gives me that sort of vibe. Oh, uh, sure. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. And what's funny is when I think of my childhood, and I grew up in the frickin' 90s. Shout ooh, out to the 90s. I know, right? I still have, like, almost a, like, a Norman Rockwell look back on it when I think of, like, the feelings and the nostalgia for it. And I, I think it's pretty cool to go back and watch that because it times out pretty perfectly with when that movie takes place would have been like when my dad was that age, yeah. right? So yeah. like when I watched that, 
it's cool to me because it reminds me of like my dad's upbringing. So watching that now, since since they passed, I I watch it and it's like oh, it's like a it's like a family hug yeah. in here, okay. like a big pink nightmare. I understand that. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Okay, so okay, so speaking of like around the holiday season, I got I got two questions for you because oh. I thought of a really good story. Okay, okay. But uh, what is what is like the craziest thing that you've done to like get access to your presence early oh i oh you picked the wrong question not only have i never snooped for my presence early i would go out of my way as a kid to avoid places where they could be hidden i when i got older yeah when i got older i knew where where the stuff was always kept and it was no secret it was down in dad's music room over near his amps there's a little hideaway back oh yeah it was always back there as a kid i i didn't quite know that but i would go out of my way to like Christmas time, I wouldn't go into the basement, right? I wouldn't like go into the back hall. I basically lived in my room and the living room because I did not want to be spoiled. And I think that came two ways. One, because I really wanted to believe in the magic of Christmas Day. And even as I got older, I liked keeping that sort of the one day a year where it's like mystical and fantastical. And then two, I always had this worry in the back of my head that like if i stumble across this right and i have the knowledge of what i'm getting i won't be able to lie about that yeah. i just i will not be able to keep that from my parents in one shape or fo- like like they, they could see through me so i i went out of my way never to look at that <laughs> yeah dang okay so, i know boy scout yeah right like kudos but uh yeah so i don't even know what i don't know if i found it by random or if i knew that I had already gotten it, but I, I think, I think I stumbled upon it. I don't know. I may, I may have been looking for my presents. Um, <laughs> it probably was. Mayhaps. And so I went into her closet and I fucking found Guitar Hero 3. Oh. All right. So this was weeks before Christmas and uh, they weren't home and I had found it and I was like, I'm just going to play it. So I cracked that bad boy <laughs> open, played it, called my mom. And I was like, hey, when, you know, like, when are you guys going to be home? She, she gave me a time and I was like, this is perfect. She'll probably just think I'm like trying to like beat off or something because I'm of that age. <laughs> and I was like, but no, I'm playing Guitar Hero 3. So like I, I managed to get it back in the box and get it back into the closet. And every time I was home alone, I managed to play that up until Christmas Day when I actually got it. Oh, my God. <laughs> yeah. Do, does your mom know? I think I did tell her. Yeah. Okay. Like after I got it on okay. Christmas Day, I don't think I actually lied to her. Uh, I, but I, I, if I if I didn't, I told her later. So oh I don't gosh. know. That's... And if not, she'll find out now. I honestly, I don't know. I just, but <laughs> it's funny now. So that's, who cares? that's funny as shit. You know? I, I don't think you were there. But there was one time where Tyler and I were in my basement and it was late and we were playing rock band. Mm-hmm. You know, it, it was a sleepover. Like we were hanging out. We were going to be up late. Everyone knew that. You know, my mom's layout, so the basement, like, they can hear everything that's going on. Yeah, so we're I know. down there I... singing and beating on those drums. Yep. My mom asked us, like, a whole bunch of times to quit. <laughs> <laughs> you know, like, we ain't quit. That's not happening. I always push the envelope. And, uh, yeah, so they like, Tyler got to see her, like, full Godzilla rage mode. <laughs> Came down, like, I, she, she like, ripped the Xbox out, out of, like, its cords. And, like, Tyler's just, like, freaking out because he just heard the disc in there getting all, like, <laughs> <laughs> he's like, <laughs> And then, uh, then we had no Xbox for the rest of the night. Oh my jeez, <laughs> that that just um, you, you just unlocked a, a forgotten memory of mine. Actually, so this would have been when you and I went to play Arkham. Yeah, we one nighted it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And your, uh, your your uncle, I don't remember what you did. You did, you, you mouthed off to him or something. You said something, but he got real mad. Yeah, he got all. Buttered. And he he did uh he he did the same thing. I if I recall correctly, he like pulled the Xbox out, and I remember you guys were going at it, and I'm just sitting there like. 
That was a cool poison ivy boss fight. Yeah. It was fun. Yeah. It was fun. I, uh, I, a lot of anger as a kid. <laughs> I'm, I'm much more mellow now. Rap, rap scallions that we were. We, we could just bullshit about for a, a long time here. But okay, so that was your first question. Yeah, I've my second snooping. was just very basic. Uh, yeah. Just like, what is your favorite? Oh, my favorite Christmas movie. Damn. Okay. I mean, there is an obvious answer. I feel like mine is the obvious answer. It's a wonderful life. Oh, well, that's like, so that, that's, good. I mean, it's a cl- fucking classic. That is, that is a that, great movie. It's a movie you can watch all year round. Too. It is. It's not it is. just limited to Christmas. I, uh, any, any, any Capra is a, is a lover of film. I, and, and I, I love the fashion oh, yeah. of that, like men uh, that we need to bring that back. As, I'm with as men's culture. I firmly like, believe. Yeah, I, I'm sure we'll sweat our balls off, but like, yeah. you know, it'll look good. Dude. That's part of the experience. I feel like it has to be. You're sitting you know. in swamp ass all day. Exactly. But exactly. like when you put on your fucking trench coat or whatever those things are called, you know, you feel like a badass. Yeah. Absolutely. I know I'm I'm right there with you. I'm a firm believer we either got to bring back like 40 30s, 40s, 50s era mm-hmm, fashion mm-hmm. for dudes or just go full colonial. I, I don't want to go colonial. Oh, I love that, that shit dude. itches. I it does, <laughs> but I got to tell you the good pair of pantaloons, nice and firm, all the support in the right places. It's a comfortable thing. You the know, colonial ponytail is is something to be admired. I'm bringing it back because like I I will get a nightgown, night shirt as it's called for men. Yes. For Christmas this year, either if I have to get it from someone or myself, I'm getting one. You you must get the sleeping cap with it. So for for our fellow castmates who are not here, I'm just making I'm making it an announcement. I'm putting it out into the world. We're gonna have a session where we all wear nightgowns and nightcaps yeah, like, or like sleeping straight caps. Straight up like Scrooge. Yep. We're gonna yep. Ebenezer. We'll we'll play by candlelight. And that wouldn't be the first time we've done that. Nope. We're gonna play by candlelight, and we're we, maybe we'll do that for our uh, our our holiday session. I don't know. I don't like know. Our, like maybe a maybe a Halloween session. Ooh. We'd all be comfortable as shit. We'd have the best draft on our our ballsies. <laughs> this is true. This is true. Because you don't wear underwear underneath. No. Like I why mean, would you? You can, but I'm going to judge you if you do. You? Yeah. No. Yeah, you got to be absolutely. free. Absolutely. Those are for the man who has nothing to hide, but still but wants still to. Still wants to. Yeah. I mean, yeah. Absolutely. Now to answer your question, my favorite Christmas movie it's it's White Christmas, Bing Crosby classic. Um, I don't know if I've actually seen. Ooh. That. So. It was w- one of those familial traditions, right? Where like my my family, wa- every year there were certain movies you would watch every year. Like when I was real young, always uh, the Santa Claus is coming to town. Yeah, oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, always the the Rudolph and the the Frosty. <laughs> but White Christmas was the one that, as a family, so me, mom, and dad, uh, my sister, if, if she was in town, we I watched like every it. year. I mean, yeah, Bing Crosby, Danny Kay. I I loved it as a kid, and as I got older, I continued to love it, and. Now it, it, it's become one of those things, you know, I mo- moved out of the house at 18, went off to college, all that stuff. And I still every year, regardless of where I am, go out of my way to watch it. So now my wife and I watch it each and every year. And oh, she yeah. I know. And she has started midway through the season, you know, singing some of the songs from it. I caught her in the car the other night, singing one of them. And I, I turned her with the, the big old pudding face smile. And I'm like, you like White Christmas. You'll have to watch that this year because I I definitely have not seen that. I just looked it up. It's so good. Um, It's so good. But, uh, you know, for a Christmas movie, it's not really about Christmas. Yeah, I read the synopsis. Yeah, no. So, I mean, it's based on the the play and like Christmas is sort of a thing, but maybe that's part of why I love it. But uh, most of the big Christmas movies I I genuinely enjoy. So I I love the holiday season. Oh, me too. Christmas I, is my favorite holiday. Yeah, I mean, yeah. it, just the the feeling of it is, is and, and, and maybe this doesn't go for everybody, but I feel very jolly around yes. Christmas time. Like I feel like I'm more giving. I feel happier around Christmas time. I don't know why. So I just imagine everybody feels that way. I feel you. You I know, mean, I, that's why it, it's not even so much as Christmas the day. It's just the season. 
Presents-wise, at this point, like Christmas is my yearly upkeep of underwear and socks. Exactly. That, that is and what I get. That's awesome. And that's great because for, I won't do it myself. For me, it's the beard stuff. Like I already, yeah, I already know. See. I got, I got a whole beard package coming, and I'm real happy about. Although, that. Although, if my mom is listening and wants to get me something, the cats do need a little like fountain, like a water like, that recycler fountain? fountain. Mom, that'd be great. Ooh, water recycling fountain for cats. I don't know if that's what it's called, but like Nate's Christmas list this year coming. Just for the kitties. <laughs> just for the kitties. My my question for you is what is your when you look back on like being a kid during Christmas time, what is your like go to Christmas Day memory? It doesn't have to be your best one, but it's like the first one that comes into your head when you think of man, I was a kid at Christmas and that's a great memory. It's a really good question. Um either the the year that we got our N sixty four, I don't know if I was or it was the the year that we got the PlayStation two. As far as like fondest, I, I feel like that I look back on because that was when like me and my mom, and my sister, you know, we're all there for yeah. Christmas, everything like that. You know, um, but oh. last Christmas was also really like just really nice. Like I feel like the older I get, it, it really is just kind of spending that quality time with family. Yeah, you know what I mean. Yeah, and um, I didn't do that much throughout my twenties because I had my own shit to do. You know, right, I was like right. that's your experimental phase. Oh yeah, but Absolutely. now now that you know like. The end of your twenties, it really cut. Down. I feel like it starts to hit you. You're like, man, I, I need to spend more time with the family. Yeah, you know. So yeah. Yeah, nice. Mine, it's funny you bring up the N64, so mine ties into both that and a Christmas story. So the year that I got the N64 was for Christmas. We have our normal Christmas, and it's great. I don't remember any of the other things I got. And as Christmas is sort of winding down, we had a tradition with my family where it was always like, we would do our things, and then we would have to get dressed, and my um, dad would have, you know, like 80 different coffees. And uh, after all the gift-giving was done, Grandpap would come over and he would come over usually for like two hours or so from like nine to well, maybe three hours, like nine to noonish. He'd leave around lunchtime. And the reason he'd leave is because that is when dad would go to get grandma and grandma and grandpap could not be in the same room together. So it was always like as a kid, like, oh, man, I, I can't wait for Christmas to be over so I can use whatever my gift. Yeah, for, like right? you're waiting for everybody to leave. Right, yes, right. Yep. Oh, but God. The yes. N64 one. So that Christmas, you know, we finished all the gifts and I'm sitting there on the couch with dad and he pulled the totally out of the Christmas story thing. He did the like, oh, you have a good Christmas. I'm like, yeah, it was great. And mom comes in and she had made breakfast and then dad sits up with a little twinkle in his eye and he says, what's that over in the, in the corner of the room there next to the bird? And, uh, <laughs> there was a box that I hadn't seen and it was an N64 along with, uh, several games, Mario 64 and Ocarina of Time mind-blowingly cool thing and i remember that whole day not only was i excited for everyone to leave so i could play dab was excited because dab was a huge zelda fan right and so like we're both chomping at the bit and when people go i he looks at me he's like you want to you want to play zelda and i'm like yeah yeah i do and we we were in the kakiri forest that whole night because we couldn't figure out where to find the 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 damn sword (laughs) like legend of zelda ocarina of time set the precedent for what 3d games should have been yes but there were so many games that came out after those that were just absolute fucking garbage oh absolutely like i i firmly go back and you know they hold up to this day like they're they're so good i I don't i'm not a big fan of majora's mask but it, it plays the same as is you know, Ocarina of Time. So oh, like, yeah. it's still going to hold up. There but. is, you know, I, I, I firmly believe if you never played it, you could go back and there's always an adjustment if you're like going back to play 
old games that were like before yeah. you were into gaming, I think you will adjust to Ocarina of Time pretty quickly because very. it just it's very intuitive. Everything's smooth. The the camera angles are smooth. You don't have like to fight the camera the yep. whole game. Z targeting like, to get it behind your back. It, it was great. It was it, great. It's so good. Like I don't know how like because there were many games on the N sixty four that came out which were just garbage after that. Like, oh yeah. I don't know how they perfected those two to that point. So early in the in this the this system's like lifespan, you know what I mean? Like, yeah, crazy. Oh yeah, but so that's that's kind of like the Christmas that comes to mind for me, simply because of that moment of oh, what's that I, extra package over there? I'd have like, to ask my cool. mom, but I feel like I probably would have gotten the most excited when I got the Game Boy Color. Oh yeah, um, I got that as a birthday gift. Is, yeah, I feel like I got that as a Christmas gift. I may have gotten it as a birthday gift. I can't remember, but that was. Like, if I never got an N64, I wouldn't even have cared because oh, yeah. I had my Game Boy Color. Yeah. And Pokemon. That was all I forget. Yeah. Oh, God. Pokemon Blue. Pokemon, Pokemon Blue. Blue, Red, Yellow, um, Gold and Silver. Like, I, I spent so much time on those games. That's yeah. all I did. Yeah. That's all I did. What I want to ask you, Nate, uh, is kind of just some of your thoughts on how the campaign's going so far. But before we get into that, I want to clarify for people listening. So we film or record, I guess. I yeah. always say film. We record pretty far ahead of time uh we were very we, far ahead of you yeah guys. we we ballparked this for months before actually doing it and uh so we are at, right now episode four just came out next week episode five will release and we are recording i want to say around episode 13 uh the length on some of them makes it tough for me to say actually which episode yeah. it is because yep. the episodes started getting really long but uh so things have come a long way and kind of Very going much. back to the beginning here uh i just wanted to ask you nate so f- first off your thoughts like h- how are you thinking it's kind of coming together listening to these old episodes these were so long ago that we recorded them that i'll be honest as a player i forgot a lot yeah. of the crap that happened so yeah. like going back and actually listening to it is is great in multiple ways because we get to re-experience what we've already done which is even better for our campaign you yeah because then we can actually really get into character for the next episode or whatever it may be so it's great for moving forward, but it's also just fun to go back and listen to it because as you're listening to it, you re- you like you remember things. So like the episode four, for instance, the last one, like once that fight started, I'd forgotten a lot about that episode, but I knew that I tried to shove a lantern into one of them, critically failed and became a burn victim again. Yet again. <laughs> well, I, I wouldn't say George. George managed to actually make it out without a burn victim. Unlike I don't remember which character that was either, but Nate. Oh, does, uh... um, it was Gail. Gel Mibson. Uh, Gel Mibson. Gel Mibson, baby. <laughs> we have a we have a habit of so we we've played a lot of D and D. This group and other people who are involved, some aren't involved. Um, we, we have like a rotating group, and for ninety nine percent of those, I've been the DM. Yeah. Andy did DM that one campaign that was amazing. Um, oh yeah, that was, oh, it was so that was good. So it was good. So good. The Soul Caliber one yeah, is fantastic. So but we have a a fun habit of when it comes to names for characters, we'll take an existing individual and just swap the the letters of their first and last name. Started with Sane Latale. Yes, uh Sane Latale and there was Sari Jantrell. Yep. Zach was Nave Devaro. Yep, Nave Devaro. Um, and you yeah, you were Gel Mipson. Gel Mipson. That's right. I forgot about Gel Mipson. Um, but uh Nate Nate has an unfortunate habit. Maybe of maybe he just took the M Millswit. <laughs> his characters know. being horribly burned at yeah. some point in the campaign. Well, I wouldn't say it's it, it, yeah, it's only happened twice. But the, you know those moments stand out. Yeah, as they, a player. they they do it stand was out. Significantly worse on um, Gel. Yes, Mitzen, I will say he yes. was he was physically scarred for the rest of the campaign. Absolutely, um, he was. <laughs> yeah, that was a fun campaign though. That was the one where I was a wizard who couldn't use magic because of of in world 
mechanics it sucked um yeah. that was like the worst time for me to ever try a magic class other than <laughs> other than cleric which is the best fucking class in D, fight me <laughs> it's the most fun um, oh geez you know uh well in 3.5 i should say well you know while we're on this topic then like uh you, you've had a, a whole array of uh pretty fun characters in some of our campaigns yeah some very memorable ones why, why don't you uh talk a little bit about your uh your experience as a D player so I will start with Garrick, um, who was a cardboard cut out of nothing. Garrick had no personality. Uh-huh. He literally lived to just fight. That's all I wanted to do, because this is my first character ever. Everyone's first character is either an edgelord or just kind of a not yeah, like, nobody. Uh, like for me, like I was I was kind of I was I was kind of scared of the role playing aspect of D right. when I first started, and a lot of people are because that requires you to open yourself up a little bit and mm-hmm. you don't want to say something stupid but that's kind of the best part of D when yeah. you say something stupid yeah. or do something stupid um so yeah that 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 definitely took a while to get over but garrick was a fucking powerhouse yeah, he was a murder machine he was a murder machine he hook he got a hook shot <laughs> um you know hook shotted through the head of a of a uh, how tall was cast off cast off's head alone was uh room size so like 80 feet tall yeah yeah, yeah hook shotted through its head with a triple crit it was crazy. Yeah, he was um, a dual wielding ranger. Dual wielding ranger. He didn't even use a bow. He didn't have a bow on him. Ah. He, he didn't even have an animal companion until one of our other players died slash quit. And uh, then I got a, a hawk. You did. Yeah, yeah, you got frightful the hawk. Yeah, I got frightful, and That's I flew right. him into a T Rex's mouth. <laughs> <laughs> well, that, uh, that night was the time where we we tried to play with like fourteen people. Like we wouldn't have been playing on that campaign with that many people. We would have been mm. trying to do something new, but. And I feel like that's why it was so hard because you like literally were on the spot, had to think of that sounds how, what right. what what to do with well, how many people were there like, like twenty? Yeah, there was so many. It was like Way twenty people, and he's like, "Oh, they just asked me to DM a game," and I like, "What do you even do?" I I've been a DM before, and it's fucking hard. Like I don't I, I won't say that I don't like it. I'm just not good at it because I haven't done it enough. And that even that that actually kind of brought me off topic. That brought me back to like playing D and D. For uh-huh. the first time again, because now now you're nervous as a DM. You don't want people to think your story's right. lame, right? And like, dude, there's 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 a lot that goes into it. So I've always said that I am spoiled in <laughs> in the D and D because Roger is my DM. Um, I've never played with any other DM other than Andy. Yeah, um, yeah. and he he phenomenal. I learned to be a DM through you, uh-huh. and obviously by playing with you. So uh-huh. like, it was very similar. You know what I mean? Yeah, yeah. My second favorite character of all time, and I, I would argue and say this is the best character I ever made, was young Tomothy Hankson's Jr. Tomothy Hankson's Jr. Um, yeah, I was trying to figure out how to really like swap Tom Hanks's name, but it just doesn't work. Yeah, Hom uh, Hom Tanks. It is, <laughs> that actually is pretty <laughs> funny. Pretty good. But it just you know I, I just decided to 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 kind of make him. Um, how do I say this without being offensive? Mama's special boy? Yeah, yeah. Well, he wanted, he was he was Tom Hanks's mom's special little boy. Yeah, yeah. He he was very much a um a bumpkin. naive a, yeah. a, a naive country bumpkin <laughs> who was a cleric that took the travel domain. I had the travel domain, but he worshipped Ares. That's what that's who it was. Yeah, which was just really weird for a cleric to worship the god of war, uh-huh. but not be like a righteous right. cleric. You know, he wasn't, he was not violent at all. Yeah. Tomothy really didn't have a violent bone in his body. Um, but I took the travel domain specifically because at level three, you get fly at fly at 3.5. Yeah. So then Tomothy just became this indestructible tank of flying destruction. Yeah. Um, but he also 
to to give you a a, a character appearance that kind of grew over time. <laughs> yes. So he's about six one. Yeah. Uh, about one hundred and eighty five, hundred ninety pounds. He was he was a beefy boy. Bull cut like I would say down to his ears length. Yeah. Blonde hair. You know, when he left his mom's house to start his clerical journey, she gave him a pot, um, you know, so that he could cook whilst on the road. But Tomothy decided that that was actually what he was going to use for his headwear. Uh, so that was his helmet for the entire campaign, which yeah. eventually got blessed yeah. and became a magical uh, helmet of some sorts. Uh, mother's pot, I could ring it and do damage to yeah. people. And then um, his cape was his baby blanket. <laughs> yes, it was. <laughs> You forgot the best part, though. So he had the bowl cup, and it was a mullet. Oh, yeah, he had the chili bowl mullet. That's what it was. Chili bowl mullet. Oh, he had the chili bowl mullet, which is basically a bowl cut with a mullet. Yes. Beautiful. Yes. Uh, what a what a just a loving character. He, he he became he became a figure in the secret bonbon society yeah, of he, Western he Europe. He pretty much started an underground society of bonbons. <laughs> um yeah. He he was he made the town paper. Yeah. That one issue for yes, flying through the town. That was a great campaign. That yeah. was such a fun campaign. Andy was that was DM. Andy's, yeah. Yeah, and it was a it was a Soul Calibur based campaign, so it kind of it took place in the real world. And it was the first time. Well, yeah, I it had, took place in like Greece, didn't it? Like I, or we, around we Mediterranean. From, yeah, we did yeah, Greece. Yeah, uh, that we were in Italy for a while, which is why he worshipped Ares. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Yep. Zach uh, Zach's character got to see the Danube, and uh, I. Oh yeah, the big bad yep. for Tomothy. Yeah. Yep. Oh. Yep. Oh, I, uh, that was the first time I was a player in years. Cause you know, I, I've been doing D and D in some way, shape or form for the la- better part of 14 years now. Yeah. We math. started what freshman year of college. Yeah. And, um, in that whole time, most of that's been me DMing, uh, and not really playing all that often. Now, my first character that I ever played when, when I went off to college, cause I always wanted to do one to try D and D, but, uh, I just didn't know anyone who played it and it never really entered my head. And then went off to college and my, my roommate, he wanted to DM a campaign for the first time. So he did that and he did a fantastic job. His name was Jesse. Jesse, I don't know if you're uh, listening. I saw that you liked the page, but uh, I don't know if you're, if you are listening, you were a great DM. You got me started in the whole thing. And, uh, my first character, he was a rogue. Uh, his name was Karth and, uh, he, Three sessions in, we all started at level one. Three sessions in, our entire party got captured by a bunch of um, bugbears, and uh, except for Karth. So that whole session, the third session was Karth, you know, like I was freeing these guys and I was doing some story stuff and freeing other people. And it was great. It was like a session that I always remember as being one of my best sessions of D&D at low level, you know, when your options are pretty limited. And literally the very end of the session, as I've freed everyone and we're all fleeing, a bugbear throws a hatchet at me and gets a triple crit, uh, specifically three 20s in a row. And now you don't see that all that often, but one of the, the common rules you see is if you do get three 20s in a row, whatever you're attacking is instantly dead. dead. And so it's like kind of adding in that idea. You can be a level one dude with a slingshot and kill a dragon, and that's cool. Well, I got triple critted and died at level one, and that was my first D&D experience, <laughs> and I remember being saddened at the death, but then very excited to try something different. So my first real character that I played for a whole campaign, then I made Nithrael, who was a dual-wielding ranger, much uh, much like your Garrick, and he was just he was just an absolute powerhouse. Yep. Sa- same sort of thing. Like it, it they was, were so OP in three point five. Like Rangers. It, were if just you knew how to spec insane. it, it, yeah. If you knew how to spec it, you could do some wild stuff. And uh, so that was my first real character. And then after that, after that year is when I came back and I said, "Hey, let's do our campaign." And beyond that, the only other full campaign I, that I did as a player was that one of 
Yeah. One of Andy's where I made Sheen Hawkman, who was your stereotypical <laughs> buff boy Spartan type character. And he uh, that whole Soul Calibur campaign ended with us. You know, we, <laughs> we got the MacGuffin. We, we killed the big bad and got the MacGuffin. And my guy, who was like goody two shoes, honorable man to a fault, decided that it was his uh, his duty to take said MacGuffin and basically banish himself with it. The MacGuffin was Soul Edge, if anyone yes. knows anything about Soul Calibur. Yes. It was basically going to turn him into an evil being, and he was going to start slaughtering people, and there's no way we'd be able to stop that, because uh, Sheen Hawkman was a fucking powerhouse. It was insane. I, I That was the only time I and like I, I had confirmed with Andy that I could do this, because it's no fun if somebody just does this to be a dick. Yeah. Where like, I, I built him knowing what I knew from years of DMing to min-max just be yeah. unstoppable like, death. If anyone's ever played Fire Emblem, yeah. like you you were our Marcus. Yes. Like you yes. you were our Marcus for sure. Um absolutely like that th- that group uh, there were only 3 of us. We didn't even need a cleric because Sheen Hawkman never took any damage and he right. killed everything in one hit. <laughs> right. Like d- doing 30 damage at level 3. Like mm-hmm. it was insane. Mm-hmm. Um but you know actually speaking of our first campaign I do want to say that even the first time that I played D anD D, I think there were more people involved, but it was with Andy and Zach. Yes, and yes. those are actually the only people that I played ever played D anD D with was the group that we have here. Yeah, um, yeah, you, Andy, Zach, and then whoever else is filling in. Yeah, Tyler. B- Biggs didn't get into the equation until a couple years after uh, we had started our first campaign, uh, and then and then Biggs came into the equation. Yeah, and- I met Biggs when I was in college, my junior year, because that is when Zach and I got our apartment together. And my my old roommate uh, asked to play D anD D again. I was like, yeah, sure. And he brought over a couple of people, uh, none of whom I have any connection with now, except for yeah. Biggs. Uh, and uh, that was that was a fun campaign. Yeah. Biggs also died at level one in that campaign. Uh, he drowned in tar while fighting a giant spider. Yeah, I love playing with Biggs even from the get go. Like, oh yeah, you know, it's, it's been great. Like he's, he's, he's a great player to play with. Absolutely. Um, and I love the fact that he went as the group leader. Um, because in most of our campaigns, that falls to me, and it, and it's nice to play a character that doesn't have to give a shit about yes, anything. I, I feel that other than themselves, I, and like, and and I feel like that very much encompasses George. Like, I built George in a weird way. Like, I Roger told me the premise that we were gonna be a band, and I was like, "What's the most ridiculous thing <laughs> instrument that I can play in a modern day band?" And I'm like, "Yeah, who the fuck plays you know the accordion?" And then I'm like, "Oh wait." Weird Al. Weird, Weird Al Yankovic. <laughs> How did I forget his name? Weird Al Yankovic plays the accordion. I was like, why don't I just base George's appearance on Weird Al, except just kind of make him a little uglier than Weird Al. <laughs> and that was kind of just the premise. That was really all I had for George. I wanted him to be like scummy. Like I wanted him to be kind of a, a piece of shit. Yeah. Uh, I've, I've always played like pretty righteous, good characters or just noble kind of in that sort of way. I've never really played a super flawed character. Tomothy had his flaws, but like they were nothing like mechanically game breaking. No, you know I mean like like George's whole aspect of not being able to rage when he's drunk. Because let me jump in real quick and say too, actually for our listeners, you guys have not uh, out there listening, you have not been introduced to their classes yet. So uh, I I don't, yeah. don't want to oh, not, yeah, not no, by not episode yet. four. Yeah, I I wanna I wanna throw a little tidbit in here i'm not going to spoil anything but they do i mean i guess i can just spoil it george is a fucking barbarian yeah yeah so <laughs> george is a barbarian who uh cannot rage, when, cannot he is rage drunk. when he's drunk <laughs> um but you know what's, what's what's funny is that i've been rolling a lot of nat ones mm-hmm. so people just make me not drunk 
You know, the situation That's called. That's true. Yeah, which is, uh, it's kind of leaning in George's favor a little bit, I'll yeah. be honest. This is true. Because um, then I'm able to rage immediately and deal a shit ton of damage. Yeah. Um, but yeah, no, I, I wanted to build a flawed character, and I also wanted him to kind of not be likable. Mm-hmm. Like, you don't know too much yet in the story about George's family, <laughs> I would say, but we'll, ju- we'll just describe George as, I mean, he's, he's got a great heart, but he's a leech. That's, <laughs> that's what George is. He George has sugar. no, you know, he has no ambition to succeed. He, he doesn't, he, he found the bank account of his dreams, which I've known, oh, that was also in a much later episode. And yeah, he went with that. He went yeah. with the easy option. I, uh, I really enjoy it because uh, all, all the characters, you know, as the episodes go on, you really see their personalities start to come out because yes. we get the, more comfortable with. Them. Yeah, yeah. Why, yeah. Well, really, you know, as far as the story's gone and what's out there, so episode four would have only been our second time playing. So that that's kind of like pretty early on still. And this next episode, I, I remember when I sent it to you guys, how excited I was about episode five because episode five, in my mind, when we were making it, it was like, oh, it finally all came together. And uh, I'm I'm really excited to get one that one out there yeah. because that is when everything just kind of clicked right, and it is also right before we got our audio interface. Yes. Um. So real quick tangent here. One of the things we've been talking about uh, as we've been getting these episodes out here is how compared to the later episodes, how rough we felt our audio quality is in the first couple. Not not that it's bad. I actually think our audio is pretty good for a Yeah, a I mean, I've actually gotten podcast. a lot of compliments on it, but to us, like, we yeah. know what the the newest, newer stuff sounds like, so to us, yeah, it doesn't right. sound as good. Right, so a sure. uh, little bit of background, I guess, then on me. I, I have uh, played guitar and stuff my whole life, and I've been doing music production for quite a while, but it was always analog stuff, right? So, you know, like mic to amp and uh, working with a, a tube-powered mixing board, and so when we started to do this podcast... It was a good opportunity for me to kind of like brush up on how to basically do digital mixes and you yep. know work better in uh, in my uh, DAW program. So after those first like three episodes, four episodes, it, it, everything really kind of clicked together, and we got a really kick-ass audio interface. So we weren't just doing you know USB anymore, and everything just bada bing, bada boom. So. When I've been going back and listening to these episodes, that's kind of been in my mind a lot, especially with episode four, because episode four, I heard the jump up. It it gets me excited for more. There was actually yeah. a part of me a couple nights ago. It was like, well, what if I put out like five and six at the same time? Yeah, I know. I was treat? like, what what if we just put out all of our episodes? And, and but, I just feel like that'd be too daunting. Yeah, um, yeah. But I, like, I really <laughs> want everyone to be caught up with us at the same time so that like <laughs> when we do these sort of things, we don't really have to hide anything. That's fair. Um, not that I feel like we're hiding anything, but, it, you know, we, we don't want to spoil the story because as players, like when we're recording, we're going through it with you. Yeah, like we in the episodes that we recorded that you're hearing, we don't know what the story is. We just happen to know more about it now. In my eyes, it'd be better if if you guys were all caught up and like listeners wise and knew where we were at now. It, it, it gets so much better. It, like we're finally comfortable with everything. We're comfortable yeah. with our characters because a lot of it, especially for me as, as, as a player, when I'm building a character, I don't like to build too much of a, like a rich backstory because I feel like that limits you. Yeah. I kind of like to build it as you go. So like when you, when you do something maybe in game, it becomes canon or whatever, yeah. you know, as we say it, that's now like a personality quirk. It's always evolving. And I feel like those first seven episodes were us really settling into what yeah. we want our characters to be long term. Right. Right. Um, all of us. It, like I, I know Gil. I, well, I think Biggs has pretty much had his plan from the get go. 
Um, He's our shining I, star. Yeah, like I know Krama, Zach, myself, uh, maybe Andy has a little bit more of an idea of what he wanted with his character than Zach and I did, but I feel like Zach and I are very similar. Like We mm-hmm. have a great basis, but no depth, and then the depth builds yeah. throughout the, the, yeah. you know, the sessions. No, I feel um, that. And that, that's how Tomothy came into being. Tomothy wasn't really much when we started playing. But, you know, fun fact about that, we decided that Tomothy Cannon went to cleric school to become a cleric. <laughs> I forgot about that. And to pass cleric school, we made it just like college. You needed to write a thesis. <laughs> but Tomothy stole his roommate's thesis because he procrastinated and realized he couldn't do it all in, in the day that he needed to get it in. So he stole his, his roommate's thesis, which was actually the big bad of the campaign. Yes. The, 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 Tomothy's college cleric roommate was the big bad of the entire campaign. Oh. This necromancer, demon-type character. And then you got this loving schoolboy, Tomothy, that just delivered this thesis on death itself and how <laughs> he he's going to accomplish it. it. <laughs> and he never even read it. Like He skimmed it to where he needed to present it, gave it, passed, and then his college roommate flunked because they... Thought he plagiarized Tomothy, and that became the whole basis of why the big bad did what he did. Like, and it, like things like that, you're not gonna, it's no. not gonna happen. You build into that. I, I feel that with a lot of the background characters. So, uh, the group has met Ironrod now in episode four, and Ironrod. Sure it's very similar for you making NPCs. Oh, yeah. Like, especially when, if we decide to interact with them more, you yes. have to give them more. So, yeah, absolutely. So, part of the reason, you know, we have like, so the, the we, we have a slew of episodes where like it's just a whole lot of like character stuff and exposition is because you guys do some awesome interactions that, you know, in my head, I write it when I'm writing out my notes and, you know, I put like a little note here. Yeah, they'll probably interact here. And in my mind, it's like, yeah, it'll take them like, you know, five minutes or whatever. And then we get, <laughs> and then we get we whole, are 40 right, minutes we, later. We get a whole episode out of it. <laughs> and so Iron Rod, who was this character, when I first made this world and this backstory and everything, Iron Rod was meant to be, you know, your like standard starting quest totem giver yeah. kind of guy. And then you go off into the big world and. Bada bing, bada boom, and uh, with as it's gone on, he, he's he's become somebody who keeps popping up. And I went back and remade some of the parts of the story to include him. Yeah, uh, which we did not know about as players until we heard it when it came out. But uh, yeah, so a, a lot of, <laughs> a lot of that stuff has just kind of grown to include him because you're right. It's one of those yeah. like I, I set up a backstory for him, sure. But then, like, you guys end up interacting with him so much and stuff gets fleshed out that it's like, well, shit, like, he, he's he's a full-on character now. Yep. I'd like to talk about his voice because that first de- first episode with him, I didn't quite have it down. I, I just kind of did a little bit of this. But as it goes on, he basically becomes Arthur Morgan from Red Dead <laughs> 2. Let me tell also you. Also reminds me of Wilford Brimley a little bit. Mm, diabetes. <laughs> when, when, when we were playing the other day and I, I, I had to do his voice, and that that's like now my in my mind, like, okay, uh, Iron Rod, all right, Dutch, come on, Dutch. You, you can cut this part too, but I do actually want to ask you, like, how many times for you don't even need to cut it because I think it's funny, but like yeah. for an unnamed character, how many times do you think in one episode you said, I do declare? I do declare. Like just to get into the voice. Oh like, are my. you going to keep that? It, it depends. <laughs> if this were a Because like it was every time you talked that, I do declare. And he just said nothing. He was I, declaring I nothing. I, I do declare. <laughs> I, you know, here, here's the thing with some, some of these voices. Uh, yeah, no, I get, it. I get w- it. Without spoiling too much, I'm a firm believer. Uh, you know, I, I, I love making an ass out of myself. I love funny voices. Uh, my hardest thing with voices that I have to do with this show is I have to say, okay, is this going to be, is this an outwardly offensive voice? 
because yeah. if it is, I'm probably not going to use it. So you guys are in the hymnal. And uh, so you, you have people kind of talking with different twangs and drawls. Yep. And that that sort of Savannah accent that you were just referring to, the only way like I can molasses. get it going in my head. It's like, in the office. To, yeah, to get the molasses <laughs> dripping off my tongue, I got to I do declare. I do declare. And it, so there are a couple characters whose voices I know blip around. Yeah. Um, I mean, it happens, though, because like, e- even like when you're listening to us, so I have a very bad habit, and, and Zach actually just pointed it out in the Discord. He's like, yeah, sometimes like we sound similar. And I was like, I have a really bad habit of like mock, not necessarily mocking, but like if someone uses an accent, I adapt it and like without even thinking about it. So like we'll switch from country to, to, <laughs> to Minnesota, eh? you know, like, <laughs> all, you know, yeah, so it'll just jump around. And we've done that in all of our campaigns to the point where I think it's it's almost habitual in my mind mm-hmm. that like if someone's talking in an accent, I need to talk in an accent. That's not the best thing for the podcast, <laughs> but at the uh, same time, it's like that's just how we play. So that, that's you know, part of like, the fun of the podcast, I agree. though, because like what I really enjoy about doing this is, yeah, it, it's a live play podcast. You know, you guys don't know any more than the listener when you're playing, right. and it, it, it's true D and D. You're winging it, and you just you, you see what happens. Yeah. At the same time, it gives me an opportunity to kind of turn it also into like a dramatic podcast with the way that we have it flowing in terms yes, of in like some instances yeah, yeah like following the story and stuff so like like it, when it, george has his breakdowns yeah, and, and yeah, Craw yeah. has his breakdowns yeah so it, it, it's it, it's this interesting opportunity to include the little quirks of both of those mediums right so like the quirk of D and that like it's a bunch of bunch of people sitting around rolling dice and winging it and yeah. you know a lot of times yeah and then also the quirk of sort of this dramatic sort of aspect we've thrown in and it's just it's been it's been a blast going back to these old episodes like you said it makes me hungry for more of them more absolutely and it's just because i want everyone to see how far we've come because like i said we just become more comfortable yeah in our roles as players in your role as dm we're no longer worried about the mics being in front of our faces right like things that were a little overwhelming at first because we've never played D &D like that right um so now it's just it feels like we're just playing D and D again. Yeah, it's the same group I've been playing D and D with for twelve years. So it's it's just fucking awesome, right? Like I, I, I couldn't I ask it. for a better way to make content other than just playing D and D and then throwing it out to the world and saying, "Hey, look, you know, look what we did," and, and hopefully you enjoy it. Yeah, because that's literally what this is. And and you know what? If if people don't enjoy it five years from now, we're gonna have a we're, lot of recordings to look back yeah. on when we're fucking old. So like exactly. it, it's a win win in my eyes no matter what. I agree. And I it, agree. It's been an absolute blast. I think if the other guys were here, they they would also agree. This yeah. Has so far probably been our most put together campaign. I, I've always called it controlled winging. Uh it's the the same way I do a lot of things. So like for our older campaigns, minus the first one. The first one I was pretty intense with it, but that was also like our first one. That was a yeah. campaign that went on for years. Yeah, it did. Um, two, but two usually it would be like, okay, I have I have the plot points and I got the big point and like I, I would make extras here and there to like show you guys some stuff. But like uh, I, I kind of enjoyed the aspect of, well, I've made this world and I've made these characters. Yeah. And you guys are winging it and they kind of are as well. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, that was and always my style with I, it. I do want to ask you, too, in, in, in this campaign that you can think of, like how many times have us as players thrown a wrench in your plan? Um. I feel like we haven't too much, but I, I feel like we have at times. It like, depends on how you define it. Uh, 
a, a full-on wrench that makes me go like, oh, rip. yeah, I don't think we've done that. The only full wrench in terms of like, oh, didn't expect that. Okay, here, here, here we go. Oh, and the unhinged, the completely yes, unhinged. There, one? there is oh, uh, the spoilers. Break. There is an unhinged episode at some point. So yeah, context on that. We took like a two month break because of uh, what again? Oh, uh, my honeymoon. Yeah, yeah, your honeymoon. Yeah, it was a month long because um, you guys were gone for thirty, like oh, basically thirty days months. traipsing around Greece, yep, and uh, around Europe, and uh, yeah. So we we took this long break, and then we all got together, and none of us were. It was very hard to kind of snap back into character after because yeah. we hadn't released anything either at this yeah, point. Yeah, this was um, before the none of the episodes war. came back, so we could listen to and, and kind of get into character. So it was us taking a month long break, all forgetting where we were at in the story. Roger kind of having to deal with it. And insanity ensued in the recording, and it ends. It's awesome. It is a great. Uh, like, it's, it's probably my favorite episode that we've we've done so far because it was just it. It was unhinged, but it wasn't like we we were perfectly fine. I would say in the episode, but oh, like yeah. it just it's a very long episode because we just did a lot of shit. Like well, what, stuff what happened that took us longer than it should have. The that, part know, like, that like in my and that's that example. The part in my notes where I put like, okay, this section will be like five minutes tops. Yeah took like an hour and a half yeah and, and i can't even remember what we were doing at this point in time to be honest in that episode <laughs> i don't have to wait for it but and it's good stuff basically you guys took what i was gonna be like oh here's a good five minutes where they can do some stuff to kind of like build up character personalities and it turned into this lengthy existential sort of thing and it's awesome <laughs> yeah um but we needed than, that though as a group oh, yeah. like you oh, know? yeah other than that you haven't thrown any big yeah. real wrenches in uh not not too much at all and for this campaign i've i've been a lot more planned out yeah with my stuff on it because once we decided we wanted to do this i i i've been planning pretty hard on this one um and i think a big part of that is to what i what keeps me on top of it is actually the music i would i would agree only reason being is i have days where i can whip out like the other day i whipped out those three songs in like two hours i sat down here in my basement and i i recorded three totally different you know there was a funk song a blues song like a texas boogie which shuffle. is incredible we've never we've never actually focused on that but all of the music that you are hearing <laughs> you know i've always known he was a good musician like we live together and um <laughs> you know like I, I used to hear him play all the time but it, he's just gotten so much better over like the the three years that it's been since we lived together. Oh well, thank you. I don't you. think it's been that long. No, uh, it's been like two. Yeah, something like that. But um, yeah, it, it like dude, great stuff. Great <laughs> well, thank stuff. You. I thank love you. the music is killer, and and it kind of goes with the the podcast. Yeah, and I feel like because we we tried to do a podcast before. I don't know if we've ever actually brought that. No, up. Roger we and I we tried. Didn't. Yeah, we we gave it an effort. We and gave it an effort. Th- those recordings do exist, and, and you know maybe we'll put them on the Patreon. Yeah, someday I was going to say maybe you Patreon guys. Oh, you know what's funny too is we recorded the entire entirety of what that was. So the, the yeah, whole yeah we did the whole premise of this podcast that the, the first one that Nate and I tried to do when we were living together. Was we were gonna say, hey, like, why don't we play through old games, like some retro games? Yeah, some retro games, and kind of do a do a live play of the whole thing, record our reactions to it, sort of stuff, and then kind of talk about it. So my my idea in my mind, tangent time. Tangent oh yeah, time, I, that means gotta time. be my idea in my mind for this podcast, Rock and Roll for Initiative. Uh, when I was th- sitting down, I was like, okay, what are my like two favorite things in the world aside from you know like family, friends, wife, puppies, etc. I love a good story and I love playing guitar and music. So I, my idea is okay. Uh, you know, D and D and rock music like these, the, these they go together. Yeah. Like two of my favorite things. And so that was that for the game one that Nate and I had tried, which we were going to call life's a bit. I thought that was a great that name. That was a great name. Yeah. yeah it's really good. The name idea was 
take the we should the, trademark that yeah <laughs> take take the video game and then I was coming at it from like almost like a history ish kind of background so like we would play the game and then we would talk about it in the sense that you had my perspective where like yeah I I, I grew up playing retro retro right. games and you didn't as much I, I did, in, a, in a different way in a different way yeah like the retro game like i said i i was big on the game boy so yeah. like pokemon was basically the only retro game uh-huh. you know like that i would have played um but it wasn't retro at that time like but right. then again right you know, so my, my background then is like my dad was a big gamer so i grew up playing nes and uh super super nes with him and that was my thing so the idea is nate and i would play these games and then like we'd kind of talk about them from the perspective of a modern gamer, right? Yeah, so like, I was hey, the modern gamer because in... I didn't play those as a kid. Yeah, Roger was the nostalgia goggles. Yes, basically uh, for it. Yeah, so like I kind of picked them apart. Yeah, <laughs> you know, like I was pretty brutal on the on on uh, Castlevania, but Super Castlevania, Super Castlevania. 4. Sorry, Super Castlevania Four. I was pretty freaking brutal on, but it is a fantastic game. Oh yeah, it was it, great. Like for that time period, I'll admit, like that was again, it like that that should have been the standard of Super Nintendo games. Right. I feel like. Uh, and it was a launch title too. That's what I mean. It, and again, it, it, Nintendo did it. Like yeah, that, you know, oh, like, absolutely. The mu- the music well, guess, alone. Not necessarily. Oh no, that was Konami. That was Konami. Konami. You're yeah, right. You're Konami. right. That was Konami. Yep. Why did I say Capcom? Uh, yeah, I, you know what's funny? Mega I Man, would, get out of my head. Capcom, Konami, always mix up in my head. But anyway, so we tried to make a podcast with that, and we recorded ourselves playing through the whole game, and uh, maybe someday we'll release it because there's some fantastic hours of Nate just raging so yeah. hard. And we named each and every individual enemy, and Which it, we it was a fun did. time. It, well, we had fun doing it, yeah. Yeah, we, it, we it just, was a blast. The editing process really bogged us down. Right. Because um, I didn't edit anything, and Roger had a lot of shit going on in his personal life, work-wise, everything like that. But, you know, our, our hearts weren't in it like they are in this one, yeah, for sure. Yeah. Like, this is a different kind of, uh, this is a different kind of collaboration, I would say. Yeah, you know? no, absolutely. Um, um, like, we all put in a lot of effort. Like, we also that, didn't know shit about the recording process for it, no. so I, uh, our microphone that we used for that, actually, right over there, is a nice big old <laughs> condenser mic. Fantastic microphone. If I were going to do some, some stuff with uh, some drum kits to really get the room, it's great. What it's not great for is putting in between two people who are <laughs> trying to pick up the sounds of a 16-bit video game and their own reactions and nothing else. Yeah. So the editing process for that... I remember when we finished, and I was like, cool, we got it all. I'm going to sit down and edit it. And it was like, oh, shit. This one, the editing still takes time. I mean, but I've gotten a lot quicker at it. When we first started, you know, it was taking me like 40 hours an episode. But that's also including like the music and stuff. But uh, man, what a tangent. Uh, What I was getting at is part of Yeah, we really went off off topic there. Holy fuck. (laughs) Uh, That's what we do. That's what we do. But uh, I... When it comes to me being planned out for this one, I I have to kind of keep the music stuff in mind because, like, for example, if you guys were in, like, a, I don't know, like a thrash metal shreddy area instead of this bluesy place that you're in, right? And I'd be having to make lots of uh, more, not even heavy, but just more, like, advanced stuff. Like, if I'm going to have to sit down and be like, okay, you know, I got to write some sweeping arpeggios or you know, throw in some fun tapping licks or something. That's going to take me a little bit longer to pull out of my ass than sitting down and making some bluesy rock yeah. sort yep. of thing. So like I, I, but having that in mind of like, okay, if we do this, then I'm going to have to make this has been keeping me, uh, keeping me pretty well taught on 
being on yeah. top of things. Yeah, it's also keeping you on your toes too. I feel like as it a is. musician, making no, it, yeah, know, it's it gonna is. force you to play different stuff well, that you probably is. wouldn't play. That that was the other thing listening to. I mean, I, I've I've always loved the guitar and I've I've played for a long time, but I definitely feel like since we've started this, there's a couple of just the regularity that comes with laying tracks down. There's a couple of things that I've improved on yeah. that I didn't used to necessarily be that great at. So not not to spoil anything for anybody but you know the the music types reflect what's going on in there there's some stuff i've made for later and there's some stuff that you guys you 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 and the boys haven't even heard yet yep. that uh that i i listen to in my free time and i'm like oh dang like i'm i'm kind of impressed with myself but uh it's <laughs> pat uh, yourself on the shoulder yeah a little, a little shoulder pat you know it's fun being a basement dweller but uh no it, it, it's it's i think this campaign if i'm taking even the podcast aspect out of it this campaign I, I really, I feel like everyone's vested in it. Yep. It feels good. Actually, sitting here makes me really wish we were playing right now. Same, same, uh, actually. I wish we were rolling down. I uh, know. Hey, we'll be, we'll be recording. Next weekend. That? Next weekend. Yeah, next weekend. next weekend. Look at that. Well, this has gone on. A lot longer quite than a while. we yeah, probably should uh, have. You know, and uh, that's, that's But I was okay. also thinking, we, shit, we can do this every other week. Yeah. And just put out a cantrip. And then I maybe, mean, you know, ho- that, hopefully that, that, some of the, the other plan. guys can join too. That's the plan there. One other thing that I wanted to bring up, we've been talking wax and philosophical about a lot of different things here, but you uh, bringing up the music, I have a question for you, Nate. Okay, okay. <laughs> Do you remember the Roger Wiggle? Oh, fuck yeah, I'm the one that coined it. So, Nate was there for my first gig it was ever. A talent show. Yes, it was. It a talent was, show uh, in middle school, right? Yep. So Nate was there for my first gig, which was a talent show, as, as is kind of that, that's pretty standard, right? <laughs> And I, my buddies that I was playing with that included Andy. Yeah, Andy was yeah, there. Andy was the bass player. Yep. We, uh, we played two songs. We played um, Sunshine of Your Love and fuck, what was I, the other one? Don't ask me. Oh, no, no, no. It was, it was a jam of the, uh, the, <laughs> the main riff from Jesus Christ Superstar. Okay. And it kind of went into Sunshine of Your Love. Anyways, uh, so we did Sunshine of Your Love, and I think we did a great job as as a bunch of you know like thirteen whatever year olds. Who, I remember I liked it at the yeah. time. Yeah, and uh, but uh, uh, Nate got to bear witness to something that no longer exists. Uh, when I when I played, you know, I, I was thirteen. I was nervous my first time up on stage, and I never get nervous for stuff. I I, I was always involved in theater. I'm not the person to get stage fright. But something I think about the fact that like I had friends there watching, and also dad was there and you know his band at that time was still playing all the time and stuff i felt like oh man i gotta like prove myself so my way of uh playing sunshine of your love and playing these songs live was to calm myself by wiggling wiggle and it was wiggle wiggle my feet did not move i i, I want you to imagine you know like a tree bending in the breeze that's yeah that's yeah a good, so that's a good my, description yeah my feet did not move but swaying. my top half swaying just not bending one two bop bop forward one two bop bop backwards constantly unceasing for the whole song yeah, it's just swaying in the wind yeah and <laughs> Just a funny. No. Pretty sure I coined that phrase too. The yeah, wiggle. That sounds about right. Now I can confirm. I, I I don't really gig much anymore. Last gig I played was with my my sister's band. But I rem- I will always remember that first gig simply yeah. because I was absolutely horrified, and my only response was to wiggle. Wiggle like my life depended. What are you gonna do, dude? Sometimes exactly. that's all you need to do is just exactly. wiggle around. Oh, speaking of my sister's band, I'll give a, a shout out here because. They did the same for their Woo! most recent gig. I want to give a, a shout out 
to Leaving Echoes out of Winston-Salem, North Carolina. They make some fantastic alt-rock music, and they just recently dropped their first EP. And if you're looking for something along the lines of uh, Garbage, The Cranberries, you know, some Liz Fair, I highly, highly recommend you check out Leaving Echoes. Yeah. Link in the description. If I if, if I'd known as a young as a young lad in our friendship that we'd be sitting here in another basement talking about games and music and you know me rambling whether you care or not, I would have been a very happy lad. Very yeah, happy lad. yeah. I'm glad. I'm glad it's turned out the way it has. We'll Hell put it yeah, that way, you know, like I feel very privileged. Hell yeah, brother. In my life to have friends such as you guys. Oh, sure. this became so much more wholesome than I imagined. You know, it, was it really going did. Yeah, and that's okay. That's great. Look at us getting wholesome in our old age for for the sake of our our listeners sanity though i think we should draw to a close yeah um, yeah 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 so before we go a uh, couple of things uh i want to give another special shout out to our uh our, all of all of you for listening anyone who's listening to this thank you for putting your ears to our putting your ears to our lips if that hell makes. yeah <laughs> no but seriously put like, your ears where our lips are. from the bottom of our hearts thank you all it, it means the world to us it yeah. really, really does it does and we launched our patreon about i don't know a week and a half ago and i i know when i set up that patreon i was like okay i'm gonna have this in place so i don't have to make it later and then we got people and we got we got five patrons on there and I just I I'm my mind is blown. Yes. I did not expect that. And I, I just want to give a, a extra special shout out. You you guys uh you, you, you melt my heart, you melt my soul. Growth is always the idea. How can we make it better? And the answer is you guys. Uh, anyone who's listening to the show are uh, donating your time and your your hard-earned hard-earned dollars into us seriously uh thank you thank you from the bottom of our hearts i also want to give a shout out um to some other friends of the show who have helped me a lot with getting some stuff out there planning some of this stuff through ways of their own experience so uh this this is the fun this is the fun plug-in time if you like the way we do this if you enjoy our insanity i recommend to you another fantastic podcast they do D. they have a cool concept where you know they they do continued one shots and uh, i don't want to spoil too much there but they're absolutely hilarious in addition uh they got some fun games that they do in between the most recent episode they played a game of who's boniest what makes it bonier though Does, like having more bones yes or, oh, okay yes okay. exactly okay um but th- that's I, interesting that's a, that's i, I want to give a shout out to the, the garlic, garlic boys, boys podcast, podcast. So if you're looking for something with just the right amount of spice, head on over to the Garlic Boys. You'll find their link in the description. Uh, check out Connor O'Connor. What a guy. What a guy. In addition to that, I would also like to give a shout out to another podcast made by a dear friend of ours who's actually upstairs making friendship bracelets with my wife. The Rage Rankings Podcast. We got a, a bunch of a bunch of gals, uh, three of whom actually, Nate, you you know, they come up with some random topic and they just dish about it. Each and every one of them, you know, they, whether it's ranking things, whether it's making tier lists. Uh, last episode I listened to, they were rage ranking the different types of cereals uh, that are out there, and it, it, it's a fun 
very fun time to listen to. Their energy is fantastic. So check out Rage Rankings. Check out the Garlic Boys if you're into podcasts that are a little quirky and uh, very much have the, the chuckles built right in. All right, Nate. Well, you got any last words for our listeners here with this cantrip? Uh, I just want to say thank you to uh, everybody that made it to the end of this one because, wow, it's a lot longer than we thought it would be. And uh, we hope you enjoyed it. Also, since it is a season, happy holidays and a Merry Christmas, you filthy animals. And a Happy New Year. Happy New Year. Happy New Year. Except to you, Neil Diamond, you are still not welcome. Welcome.